Choir directors are creative, resourceful, dedicated, and sometimes completely out of ideas. Not to worry, the Choir Ninja Podcast is here with solutions you never saw coming. Get ready for some training, wisdom, and inspiration from the masters. Let Ryan Guth guide your journey to becoming a Choir Ninja. best part about being a ninja? The gear. It's the nunchucks, the katanas, the throwing stars. It's the same for choir ninjas. The difference between an ordinary and a masterful performance may come down to your most basic and essential piece of equipment, your music folder. My Music Folders creates a superior product, and they do it with a smile. And because they are friends of the podcast, they have a killer deal for you right now. Get the bulk purchase price break without having to buy in bulk. So whether you have to restock your entire classroom or you just need to replace a few folders, you will get the best possible pricing on the best possible product. So like a ninja, sneak on over to MyMusicFolders.com and use the code NINJA when you check out. Today's episode is brought to you by SightReadingFactory.com. Do you hate teaching sight singing? Do you have a carbon footprint the size of Sasquatch because you run off endless sheets of sight singing examples only to hear your students groan in agony when it's time to sight sing in rehearsal? SightReadingFactory.com is a web-based tool that will compose custom sight reading examples based on specifications that you choose. Your choir will actually enjoy sight singing and so will you. Plus, you will get back hours of your life and finally feel like the choir ninja you were destined to be. If that isn't cool enough, you can add student accounts that link directly to your teacher dashboard so your kids can practice or even take recorded assessments from home. As a sponsor of this show, SightReadingFactory.com has an exclusive deal just for you, Choir Nation. When you purchase their insanely affordable one-year subscription, you will unlock 10 free student accounts just for using the promo code NINJA at checkout. That's Ninja, N-I-N-J-A. So head over to SightReadingFactory.com. That's SightReadingFactory.com. And don't forget to use the promo code Ninja at checkout to unlock your 10 student accounts absolutely free. Hey there, Choir Nation. This is Ryan Guth with the Choir Ninja Podcast. And I am very happy to have with me today Melissa Renee Lozano. And she is joining me from Texas at her, at her home uh, and she owns a martial arts studio, and I want to, you know, jump into a little bit more about her background because she's highly credentialed in this area. And uh, one of the things I, I really want you to get out of the episode, Choir Nation, is that you know success has a formula that is multidisciplinary, and it it has to do with you know your internal talk and the ways in which you create habits for yourself and um a lot of the you know a lot of these things are just like i said they're just cross disciplinary so i, I want to jump into some of that today with uh, with melissa and uh and hopefully you'll enjoy it and it's it's something totally different that is not a choir person which is actually refreshing so melissa thank you for joining me today on the choir ninja podcast well, thank you so much for having me. So, Melissa, can you explain to me how you got hooked up with us here at Choir Ninja? Um, I believe it was through a mutual friend 
who was also um, a student of ours at our training facility. So who was that? Stevie Berryman. <laughs> so Stevie Berryman is at it. She is prospecting yes. <laughs> for interviews at her kickboxing class. She is. So, She's pretty amazing. So you see Stevie pretty much all the time. Yes. Well, um, during off-season, um, Christmas season is quite a busy time for her. Yes, it is. Um, yes, but the new year usually brings her right back. Well, the new year brings a lot of people right back, doesn't it? Exactly. It sure does. Uh, this is going to be your busy week, huh? Um, this has been by far the busiest two days I've had in a very long time. Really? Really? Okay. So so are you doing a lot of a lot of um like women's kickboxing classes, like that kind of thing? Or are you doing is it a full service martial arts studio or or what is the what is the gist? How, what what is your studio like? The gist of the studio is very multidisciplinary, and the reason being is um, I believe there's elements of so many of the martial arts that are so applicable to real life. Um, the idea behind it is to bring combat-based sports to the masses. Um, so you're not tied into a belting system, or you don't feel intimidated or as though you have to overcommit to an extended period of time in order to learn life-saving and necessary skills. So it's a combat-based training studio where we make defensive movements part of the body's rote memory through daily training, um, endurance training, stamina development, and exercise. That's a hell of a mission statement. I love it. I love it. So <laughs> I've been thinking about it for years. <laughs> well, that's great. No, that's amazing. So you know, in Choir Nation, I'm not sure if you all know, but I have a pretty extensive background in martial arts. Not like Melissa at all, but it's, <laughs> it's been it's been several years since I've really done anything serious with it. But I really appreciate what martial arts did for me as a child, um, as far as my level of um, you know just comfort in my own skin is concerned. And I, I do feel like if I was in a situation, I think I'd have a an okay shot at defending myself at this point. And I think it's like you were saying from all that just rote, you know, repetition and, and um, I feel like there's stuff that I can, you know, I, I can still do a lot of the same stuff that I, that I did when I was, when I was a teenager in, in oh, martial arts. The body arts. absolutely remembers. The body remembers. Yeah. I, I, I try, I, I threw a, uh, I threw a, like a jump spinning crescent kick the other day for fun in my living well, room. Impressive. And, and it worked. <laughs> I know can't do that. That's still, pretty impressive. I still got some hops, you know, okay? So <laughs> but no, that's amazing. So 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 is your is your program um is it is it like a one of multiple studios? Is this something you've developed or or what is it? And what is it called? Okay, it's called Empower Training Studios. Um, it's M-P-O-W-R. Um, and obviously the reason behind it is because um, it sounds so much like the word empower. But the M and the R um, are my birth name. They represent Melissa Renee. Oh, so, okay. Right. The name represents what I do and who I am. So should I be calling you Mel Melissa Renee? Um, that's, that's my studio name. Um, actually my competition name though is, is my legal name, Melissa Lozano. Okay. Um, but I, I did like to include, um, my, my birth name into our insignia, into who we are. Okay. Okay. Because well, I think martial arts is so much, um, so much a core for me. 
Um, it really defines who I am. It defines the journey that I made through life. It defines where I'm going and the impact that I want to have on people along the way. So now you came up, you came up with Empower and, yes. and, the, and the system in which you use to train. Yes. And this is your, it, your only studio is in Houston? Yes, this is our only studio. And the reason why I developed the studio is because I, I saw that there was a need within our community um, and in our environment. And there's a huge gap in the training that's available um, for people who are not committed to a long-term belting system, but also for teens, um, specifically teen girls. Um, oh, okay. Most martial arts studios don't really market toward the 12 to 15-year-old girl. If they haven't signed on to a program by that age, chances are they won't. Sure. Um, they're considered one of the flakiest groups to concentrate on. But for me, there's the biggest need there. Absolutely. That you want to provide your child with before they go off to create an independent life outside the home. And we can't really afford, especially in this day and age, to miss the opportunity to educate them and to provide them with the Rolodex or the index of life skills necessary for them. So what are the, what are some of the problems that you see and that you identify with that that teenage girl demographic like that that being with you for you know a couple of years you really learn to chip away at that that issue and 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 get it resolved. The teenage girl graphic honestly they are completely overcommitted. They have a lot of responsibilities, a lot of expectation. They have access to a lot of media. There's huge social pressures on them. Um, I, I honestly feel like we're, we're overcommitting them in what we allow them to do and the avenues we want them to explore, but we're not arming them appropriately to okay. do so. Right. So you, they're pushing them out there into the wild, you know, but they're, they don't have, they don't have the, uh, they don't have a bow and arrow or a hatchet or anything, right? They're just out there. Well, the problem, we typically learn self-defense out of necessity mm-hmm. and not out of proactivity. Sure. And I rather turn it around. I really rather make it a proactive measure. And like you said, you become very confident in your own skin once you've undertaken some sort of martial arts training. Mm-hmm. Um, and the type of composure that you develop just through understanding how your own body works and what you're capable of doing. And the fact that skill can sometimes outmatch strength is such an empowering thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. You can have your 105 pound, you know, 15 year old girl that has, you know, that is becoming more, more focused, has a better head on her shoulders because she's been with you you know, it probably won't even even put herself in a situation where she where she maybe normally would have, right? Is that is that the kind of thing you see? Is that the the exactly. risk avoidance goes up? The risk avoidance goes up, and they have a tendency to approach situations with um, more confidence. Sure. And confidence is honestly the key. If you don't want to become a victim, if you don't want to be victimized, if you don't want your children to be victims, instilling them with a level of confidence is absolutely necessary. And that's why people do get picked on or overpowered in general, because it appears easy to do so. Right, because they, they give off the vibe that they're that they're like prey. 
Exactly. Yeah. I don't, I've never met any woman, girl, or man who's trained um, and hasn't given off a more confident air for having done so. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Go right ahead and mess with me. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm. But I'm sure you do. A, I'm sure you do a lot of of talking about how to not be involved in situations, right? What are some like? Well, that's that's the objective. Yeah. What are some avoid- key tenets to that? Um. How to how to avoid conflict? Yeah. Avoiding conflict is something, you know, I, I wish everybody were a bit better at, but being able to tuck your chin, increase your posture, square the hips up to somebody, make direct eye contact, fake it until you make it. You know, there's been a lot of situations in my own life where I've had to bite my own cheek to keep my lip from trembling. Um, but being able to put on that face and really cut through a stressful situation um, believing that I had the ability to do it actually gives other people the impression that that you do. Sure. Do you, sure. No, do you have an example of a time that you were involved in a situation where you've bitten your bitten your cheek to keep your lip from trembling? Uh, I'll keep it professional. <laughs> I'll keep it in the sense of um, you know competition, sure. which is something at forty three, which I still do. Um, which I think is pretty awesome. Absolutely. Um, because oftentimes I'm matched with people half my age. And so they have a level of not stamina because I honestly think that that stamina of youth doesn't really compare to um, middle aged. Mm-hmm. But um, there's been situations where they, they look stronger, they look faster, or they look like they had some flying skill set in their back pocket that I couldn't possibly pull off. And the ability to stare down and poker face it. Um, bite your own lip, if you will, um, really gives the air and gives the crowd the same idea and your teammates the impression that you have full faith in your own capabilities. And it's really hard to shake somebody when they believe that about themselves. It's really hard to look past somebody else's confidence. Mm -hmm. In fact, it almost dictates um, dialogue in real life situations, but it also dictates how people treat you um, in a sparring scenario. So what about a real life situation? I mean, you're welcome to be as as out there as you want if you if you'd like to be. In a in a real life scenario? Yeah, well, I mean, have, I mean, have, have, have you have you had a have you had a specific specific situation? Oh, I've been confronted a lot. Um honestly, I think it's because I'm smaller in stature. I think um the taller you are or the broader you are or the more space you take up, the less people the less likely people are to try to invade your space. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've kind of almost made an alter persona about myself where I can adapt an absolutely different personality to deal with a conflicting situation. Um, and I actually convince myself, I tell myself I'm bigger than I am. I'm stronger than I am. I am. And I'll hold somebody's gaze. Um, and it could be something as is as simple as, and this has happened just in the past week, um, where somebody literally tried to extort money from me. <laughs> what? Um, I know it was crazy. Um, but being able to hold eye contact and be able to stand my ground and imagine myself as two feet taller than I was, was really, um, key in winning that debate. Wow. So, so what is an exercise 
that you <laughs> that you put your your youngins through in your studio um, to help them get to that level where they feel like they're two feet taller than than they really are. We concentrate a lot on internal uptalk, um, especially in a sparring type scenario. There's it's very easy to feel overpowered by somebody. Um, physics is important, right? If somebody's bigger than you or they're able to control your space, um, more than you can, um, if you feel like you're in a position where defending yourself, um, is an impossibility, you have to walk yourself through the inches. You have to walk yourself through step-by-step. It might be impossible to throw somebody off of you who's sitting on top of you. But that's not what you need in order to get out. You need breathing space. You need inches. You need to shrimp out little by little. You need to create the room. You need to be difficult to pin down. You need to rotate the shoulder so that they can't tack you to the floor. And every little step should be celebrated inside your own head. Mm. Every little step, every little piece of the puzzle that puts you closer to escape or surviving the round or getting a dominant position Every little one is something you should internally talk yourself through and celebrate. So let's translate that into little wins in general. So, I mean, you have to, you know, in whether you're a choir director or a a business owner or a martial artist or whatnot, when you have, when you have a little win, it's important to celebrate it because it's, it's an inch right on the way to that mile. I guess it is. It's an inch along the it's an inch along the roadway to the mile, and you have to celebrate it for yourself. You have to give yourself the dialogue that nobody else is going to give you. Your inch might not translate into somebody else's recognition of that, and that doesn't matter. Well, it's true because I guess people just generally people generally care about themselves first, you know, right? Yeah, you know, because you're if you expect somebody to to give you an an attaboy or an attagirl. You know, every time you you reach that inch, you're probably going to be kidding yourself, right? So you have to. Yeah, and and you know, people recognize huge accomplishments and big accolades, but sometimes staying open <laughs> at the end of the week is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, capturing the attention of a student that you didn't think you would, making an impression upon somebody, opening up somebody's creative senses—those are little things that are observable to you. They're very visceral. You'll experience them, um, and nobody else in your immediate circle will. Um, even the people who are who you're influencing upon might not realize um, the strides that they're making, but you'll see it. And and recognizing that, and stepping back at the end of the day, and realizing most of us define our day by the few losses that we've had throughout the day, but very few of us are able to define our day by the hundreds of little wins that we've had. Mm. And if you really were able to break down your day into wins and losses and really see where you were at the end of the day versus how you began it, you would feel a lot happier about yourself. Right. It's like, it's the glass half full mentality. So, so what, what is it that you do to celebrate? How do you celebrate little wins? (laughs) How do I celebrate? Sometimes I let it escape my mouth. Sometimes I'll say it out loud, (laughs) Um, which, you know, sounds silly, but I do. Um, It's it's a very internal thing. There's no way um, 
you can really share that with other people, but that, that isn't even the point. Um, when I, at the end of the day, when I'm looking at my long list of things to do and I've only checked off three or four of them and, and the list of things that I haven't completed yet, um, still outnumber what, what I have been able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. I like to think of how impacting what I did is. Okay. I like to know that I did prioritize, um, that I was successful in the decisions that I made. Um, that they might not have been center focused, meaning that um, they weren't self-driven. Sure. They, they were for the good of somebody else. Um, and that, you know, the intention behind all of it is so important. And giving yourself credit for your own intentions is so important. It's way more important than anything you do. Your intention behind it um, will be your own motivating force. Okay, so I, I want to get into this a little bit more because – you know, there's a there's a, a fine line between celebrating your little wins. Even let's say, let's just take your example, right? I had a list of ten things. I did three, right? Right. And so some people would say, well, you know, you set out, you set out to to, to check off ten things, and you only did three, right? And that's one way to look at it. And right, and we're going to celebrate those three things. But you also, I guess, you have to understand, maybe try to figure out and reflect why you didn't do the other seven, right? I mean, there's got to be some room there, or else, or else we get caught up in the in the the dialogue, the you know, the millennial everybody's a winner dialogue, right? Which is, which is, oh well, he only did three of those ten things. <laughs> he's still a winner, which brings me, and this is how my brain is, is, is processing this right now, which brings me to the, you know, the, the, everybody gets a black belt. If you stay, if you stay with, with, you know, your karate instructor long enough, right? If you, <laughs> if you pay tuition for three years, you're pretty much guaranteed a black belt, right? You know, which I'm, you're not well, that, that has been my experience. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd be mean, right. You're not that way, but we know no. many, many martial arts studios, that are sort of reinforcing this everybody's a winner type of mentality, right? Through well, okay, if mom and dad pay the tuition, then you're eventually going to get a black belt whether you earned one or not. I mean, I, I, I've, I've seen this time and time again with we had a little karate studio that was a sort of a competitor of, of mine when I was a kid. And they were a, I mean, they might as well have been manufacturing belts in a sweatshop in the back, you know, um, I've seen that too. Um, honestly, I've seen that too, which is uh, why I think karate schools get a bad name um, currently. And I think the trend is moving more toward Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And mm-hmm. there's huge um, federations that oversee um, the production of belts, if you will, in mm-hmm. that capacity. And, and and there's a real brutal honesty about adopting a sport. That's why I, I, I really encourage people to compete because – there's no way you could fake your way through black belt performance if sure. you're competing. Competing sure. requires you to be um, nakedly honest with yourself. Mm. Um, you might have earned uh, a belt status um, over a period of years, but you know how you performed against somebody else, and they know how you performed against them. Sure. And there are two people who are standing there who are completely clear on what your status is. Um, and that's why I honestly think you should check how you measure up. You should put your belt to test. You should um, check your limits 
um, because it honestly doesn't allow you to feel like a winner if you're not performing like a winner. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so as far as, as performance goes, I would say keep in check. Um, see where you rank amongst your peers. Um, have that dialogue with yourself. Don't allow yourself to be a cheerleader at the expense of honesty because – Oh, that's a, okay. That's a great. That's the soundbite I'm looking for. Right. right? Don't <laughs> let yourself be a cheerleader at the expense of on of honesty, because because that's you know. And I want to I want to let you continue. So hold your thought. I do want you to continue. But this is this is one of these things that is a regular issue, um, you know, in the choir world because you know we're not. I mean, we're not a sport, right? You know, and. Right. A lot of us say, "Oh, we don't agree with competition," and because you know we're not trying to like take a piece of the pie from anybody else, we're trying to make the pie bigger, right? But this, in the same, in the same you know vein, competition and just you know stacking up, right, is something that also tends to motivate people because you know we want to be good we want to be better than the other than the other choir you know down the street or whatever we we want to be you know for our some sometimes for our own egos we want to we want to feel good about that or you know just or for our students to be able to say hey you know we brought home this first place you know trophy at this competition or whatever and but there's like there's a there's this fine line between well we're not a competitive sport you know, that's not the purpose. The purpose is to bring, you know, beauty to the world, right? Right. But then again, if you don't have competition, what is motivating you to be better, you know, and to to bring, let's say, more beauty to the world, right? If you are, if you, if you have some type of motivation through competition, you know, then p- the potential for you to bring, you know, to refine your skills so that you're better so that you can bring an exponentially larger amount of beauty to the world, you know, is, I, I don't know, for some reason it seems like, like th- there's a place for both of, uh, you know, to compete and there's a place to just, just flat out bring beauty to the world. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of um, a way to say it. And I, I honestly think that if you're passionate about something, and it could be choir um, and song and music and creating beauty. That requires you to be intrinsically motivated. Mm-hmm. And it requires you to develop a part of yourself that's authentic. And through that, a greater sense of honesty. Um, so you don't necessarily have to see where you stand competition-wise, but you know where you stand peer-wise. Sure. Just through your exposure, right? So, so it's not the right. So it's not the point to be better than your peers, but but when you have that that little bit of friendly peer competition, I, it probably even just helps you make the pie bigger for everybody because now you're leveling up the entire the entire field. It does, and I feel like that um, about jujitsu. Um, sparring with other people, I absolutely love to have the opportunity to train or spar with somebody who I know is better than me, um, who has a better skill set, because I feel like their expertise 
is so raw and is so translatable um, that the exposure to it makes me better. Mm-hmm. It gives me a reference point. It gives me something to strive toward. It opens the door to the possibilities. I know what else is out there. I know I'm not there yet. Always also knowing that you're not there yet, knowing that you haven't completed your goals or achieved what you want to do gives you a reason to wake up and try again tomorrow. Right. And you know, it's possible, you know, you know, it's possible. You see that somebody else has reached that level of expertise and perfection or performance, or that they're on a path that you haven't gotten to yet. It's refreshing. It's refreshing. It's nice to know that there's that much pie to go around. (laughs) Right. And it takes, yeah, it takes maybe some of the burden off, off you, you know, um, as as well, it takes you know it make it, it's refreshing to to see somebody that great, and it's also great to know that you don't know everything. <laughs> oh, the more I know, the less I know. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly, exactly. Nobody's going to expect you to be an expert, you know, on ever on everything when you know an expert that knows more than you do, you know. So, oh, absolutely, the truth. Um, and just to circle back to everybody gets a medal. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, please. Because you know what, this is, so I am probably like, I, I'm, I'm a choir guy, but like, I also bought, you know, I also bought a, my most recent addition to my wardrobe is, is a shirt that says, don't be a snowflake. It has says, don't be a, with a big <laughs> snowflake in the center. So like, so like here yeah. I am as a choir guy, you know, and I'm doing my thing for the choir world, but I'm also like a no BS, like you need to work for what you got kind of person. So like this, the medal for everybody or the, or the, you know, the three years to black belt, you know, as long as your tuition's paid up kind of thing, like really pisses me off. So if, if you want to enlighten me a little bit on your viewpoint on that, that would be great. Um, I honestly think that medals, um, don't really define a person and neither does a belt. Uh, for me, it's about grit, stamina, perseverance, endurance, and there's no way you can earn a medal for any of those things. Um, but they're qualities that are so penetrating. You'll be able to observe them and find them in somebody immediately. Um, I have a big medal that I display on my wall. Um, I won a world championship in 2016, um, for, for my jujitsu performance in the international Brazilian jujitsu federation masters. Um, and and it's a really proud moment. It's a really good day, but it's also a reminder of the fact that you're only as good as your performance that day. You know, all the stars were aligned. Everything worked out perfectly. I made weight with ease. My training was on par. I had an amazing professor present with me and my teammates in spirit and in training. Um, but even with all of those same factors with all of those same things in place, um, the coin could have flipped the other way just as easily. So, so medals are fleeting, um, but experience isn't. And yeah, I really don't approve of black belts for sale in jujitsu. I find a lot less of that, um, than I do in, in some, uh, some of the other sports. But it behooves us all to look for an authentic place to seek out um, people of discipline and endurance um, to guide us. 
I love it. Well, I'm glad to know that I found a person of discipline and endurance in another field and that you were able to share your wisdom with us today on the Choir Ninja podcast. Well, thank you very much. I do appreciate you um, allowing me here yeah. uh, to speak a bit. This has been a great opportunity for me. Well, I hope you I, get a chance to do more speaking. I, I really think you have a lot, a lot of awesome stuff to share. Do you ever get a chance to, to, like, to do stu- public speaking events and things like that? Um, I do uh, speak within the school systems. Um, Great. I run an um, anti-aggression defense program um, for teenage girls um, in one of the local schools. And um, that's as far as my outreach has gone so far. Awesome. But I'm looking forward to more opportunities. Well, good, good. Well, I, I will have to leave us with uh, a quote from Mr. Miyagi. You know, <laughs> Daniel San said, Hey, Miyagi, what kind of belt do you have? And he said, Canvas, JCPenney, three ninety eight. <laughs> you like? <laughs> I'm gonna get me one of those. <laughs> I don't think you can buy a belt for three dollars ninety eight cents anymore. But uh, <laughs> but he says, you know, in Okinawa, belt mean no need. Oh, what does it say? Uh, he says in Oki. I'm reading this offline here. In Okinawa, man no need rope to hold up pants. So there you go. That's <laughs> there you go. That's uh, that was my. Mr. Miyagi impression for the day. That'll be the last one I ever do, probably. Um, Killer. Well, listen, you know, Melissa Renee Lozano, it was very nice to have you. Where can we find out more about you and and Empower? Okay, so our Facebook page is really interactive. Check us out because I post live video almost every day. So it's M... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's M-P-O-W-R... Um, or you can find us on www.m-pow-r.com. <laughs> awesome. Very consistent. I like your branding there. That's very nice. Thank well, you. <laughs> well, you're, you are welcome to join us in the Choir Nation Facebook group. If anybody has any questions, you know, we have this, this Facebook group with just over 2,000 members in it that are people that are fans of the podcast, and sometimes they like to ask questions of the guests. So you're welcome to join us in there. Uh, Thank you. Stevie, Stevie will be the, the gatekeeper, so it'll be very easy for you to get in. And, oh, great. <laughs> um, um, this episode, um, you know, when it comes out, I hope it inspires a lot of, a lot of thought. Uh, and and I, know, I know that you've done it for me today, so I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Ryan. All right, Melissa, you have a wonderful day and the rest of the week. Thank you. You too. Quiet Ninja Show. Bung, bung.